What's going on, Collector listeners? How are you guys doing today? Welcome to another episode of the Samson Trend Coach Collective Podcast. Today, we have Scott Leach. He's a head trend and conditioning coach at URI over in Rhode Island. So I believe he's our first Rhode Island guest on the podcast. No disrespect to anybody who's from Rhode Island who's already been on the podcast. But um, yeah, awesome, awesome podcast. We really do cover a lot of a lot of topics as, as usual, right? We kind of span, uh, span the topic range. But uh, for today, obviously, he really focuses on highlighting what's going on at URI, uh, some of his experiences and making sure that we kind of touch on some of the aspects that we he's really trying to you know, maintain some of that authenticity and really give a high quality experience to the athletes that are coming in, regardless of how things have changed in terms of, you know, transfer portal. And obviously um, still trying to provide a, you know, a commitment, loyalty and service type experience. So enjoy the podcast and we'll get into it. All right, here we go. Scott Leach, how you doing, man? What's going on? Anthony Grasso, guys, here. Obviously, as a host, just gonna get things going here today. Obviously, get you guys rolling. It's a, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on, Scott. But want to obviously give you an opportunity to tell your story, man. Introduce yourself to the people, and then, uh, and we'll get going from there. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I don't know who recommended me, but you know what? We're gonna here, find you. Got, you got me. You found We're... me. So whoever recommended <laughs> jump on the podcast, I appreciate that. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm the, I'm the head strength coach here at the University of Rhode Island. Um, I've been the head guy here since summer of 21, and uh, I got here right before COVID, so January of 2020. Uh, so I've been here going, this is, you know, year three here at URI and closing up year two as the head guy here. So, um, yeah, it's been a good time. Yeah, no, that's fantastic, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we've anybody have had anybody on the podcast from Rhode Island before. I've had some heard some good things about Rhode Island. I've gone like I've gone up to Providence a couple times, that kind of deal. I'm trying to think of some other things that I've done and Rhode Island. The beaches are obviously super cool, right? So, and, and where are you? You're not originally from Rhode Island, right? I, I grew up in Rhode Island. Yeah, no so way. I grew up uh, north of Providence, and then uh, I went to undergrad. I went played football at Springfield College in Western Mass, and then. Uh, Spent five years at Merrimack College uh, as an assistant coach there. So I've kind of lived in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. And then I had a chance in 2020 to come home. And, you know, I, I was a kid. I grew up. I went to football camps and stuff here as a kid. So to come back and be an assistant here, and I didn't go to school here, but I spent enough time in this area. And it's Rhode Island. It's the smallest state for a reason. Like, yeah. you know, it's pretty cool to be a, you know, the Rhode Island guy in charge of the state of Rhode Island. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely fantastic. It's cool. and so rare too, like that you see somebody who's like in charge of a specific like state university who actually was from that particular area. So um, that's awesome, man. And uh, you'll have to you'll have to give us some insight on how how the hell you made that happen because it's almost, it's almost like unheard of. I tried to do this that same thing here at UConn, obviously because I'm from Connecticut, but yeah, it didn't uh, didn't pan out that way. But it's, uh, it's so funny because the uh, the previous head coach that was here, Rich Johnson, he was actually my strength coach my freshman year of college at Springfield. Really? So kind of, it kind of all comes full circle. You know, I saw the position open up and I, I had stayed in touch with him a little bit. And uh, just one of those things that is funny that he was my strength coach my freshman year. And then he ended up bringing me on board as an assistant at first. And then he moved on and I was lucky enough to move up. So right place yeah. at the right time with the right people. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. And then just for clarification, you're not related to the former Ranger, Brian Leach, are you? No. Oh, okay. Unfortunately. <laughs> have you have, have like, people gotten sounds that? Sounds like a cool guy. I have no idea who that is. But oh, cool yeah, he was he was super cool. He was super cool. Well, yeah, that's awesome. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about what you got going on in Rhode Island, obviously, and uh, kind of talk to us about your – why don't you identify your – I'm sure you're the type of guy. You don't seem like the type of guy to talk about yourself too much. So, unfortunately, you're going to have to get, get past that a little bit here today because I do want to highlight what your responsibilities are and what you're doing over at uh, URI. 
Yeah, so in terms of my responsibilities, um, obviously as the head strength coach, I kind of run the department and make sure everything's going swimmingly. Um, in terms of sports, I'm directly in charge of football and then uh, women's tennis as well. Those are my two, two primary teams. And then besides myself, we have uh, Dan Apodaca, who's the basketball strength coach. He works with men's and women's basketball. I have two assistants, uh, Mark Zubicki, who works with our soccers, baseball, softball. Um, we just hired Noah Meyer. Um, Noah Meyer was the head guy at Upper Iowa, which is a D2 school, national team here. So he's got swim, volleyball, golf. He helps out with football as well. Um, and then we have a part-timer, Sam Brown. Sam Brown uh, used to work for Elite FTS. He's a Rhode Island guy. I knew he was back in Rhode Island. I said, hey, do you want to come work part-time? So he takes care of uh, rowing and track and field for us. So um, that's the staff right now. And, and we're just really trying to provide a great experience. And, and I want people to know, um, you know, not just our student athletes, but, you know, kids that come in for recruiting visits, coaches and parents that come in and, and know that Rhode Island is a place where you're going to get developed. Um, I think sometimes, especially nowadays in the, in the transfer portal and this, this era of like, I don't like it here, I'm going to leave. Um, I still think development is a big piece of that puzzle. And we're trying to provide that um, experience of you're going to come here and not only are you going to physically develop, but you know, the, the total experience. And, um, you know, I'm a guy that I don't take myself too seriously. Like, I take pride in what I do. I take pride in running a great department. I want to make sure that we're providing the best service we can. But at the same time, like I'm, I try to keep it as real as possible because I think people appreciate that when you're honest and sincere with them and, and when they know that, you know, you're genuine and a couple things that I try and do different, you know, I try and take care of our staff. I try and make sure that, uh, you know, from a scheduling standpoint, we're all doing pretty good. And, you know, I'm not a person that's going to care if you're around your desk, as long as you're handling your business and keeping, keeping complaints and things off my plate, by all means go home. Um, you know, it's one thing I take pride in is, is making sure that, you know, our coaches have lives too. And, um, I firmly believe that, you know, if you take care of everything outside of here, you're going to provide a great service when you are here. So um, those things are important to me. So I always try to make a point of that. And, and I think it, it responds with a great experience for our student athletes. I take it that was something that wasn't necessarily the case when you were coming up, right? Or did you, did you have to I, do a little desk guarding? I mean, I, not necessarily desk guarding, but, you know, I, I was – it's a lot of people in this field start out and you don't make a ton of money and you have to grind long hours and, and you're wondering when it's going to pay off. And, um, you know, thankfully, eventually for me, it did. Uh, but I, I, I understand the situation of the field too. I, I understand. I wish I could pay our assistants more. Uh, it's one thing I'm always trying to fight to do is try and get these guys more money. But if I can't do that, what is the next best thing? And I can provide a great quality of life and, um, you know, make sure that you are actually able to go home and, and spend time with your family. That's one of the reasons why, we got uh, my assistant Noah is partially so he could go home and, and spend time with his wife because he was working six to six as the head guy at a D2 school. And, uh, you know, he's, he's running the whole show. He's coaching every team and he's not able to go home and be with his family. I'm like, that's, that's not why you got into this. You got into this because you wanted to coach and do a great job. And I can't let that take over your entire life. And right. again, you know, when he gets to go home and see his wife and spend time with her and do all that, he comes back recharged, refreshed and gives you a better product the next day. So, um, I don't know. I think it's just a win-win, you know, take care of your people and they're going to take care of you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get that reset button, right? And it's to the point where like not your, your, your free time isn't just, you know, sort of like recovering from the job. Like you're actually allowed to do things. Right. And that's, that's the real, cause like a lot of times it's like, Oh, I'm going to give you some time off. And it's like the time off is literally just enough to where like you can kind of catch up on some of the, all the sleep that you lost, you know, during the time where you were actually, actually working all those hours. So, um, 
but yeah. And so yourself, obviously you find that, you know, working at URI, you're able to spend time with your own family as well. And obviously do some things and, you know, pursue some of the interests that you have. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've had opportunities to go to other places and I think this, this FCS level of football for me is, is that sweet spot of it's competitive. Um, we're in the CAA, which is one of the best conferences in FCS football. Um, we've, you know, been in the top 25 past couple of years here in terms of football. But at the same time, I don't feel like I need to be here from six to six every day to make sure that nothing goes wrong. Um, you know, it, it's taken time, but we've set it up to the point where I can leave maybe at three o'clock and know that, you know, someone's coming in for the, the afternoon teams and I don't hear anything until I come in the next day and all I hear is good things. So it's one of those things that it takes a while. You got to get the right people in the building and then you got to set it up for them to succeed. But Honestly, that's how it should be, right? Is you come in, you handle your work, and then you go home and, and enjoy your life and come back the next day. So, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> and now we're kind of going back to something you talked about before because it seems like obviously you guys have somewhat of a progressive mindset when it comes to how you approach and some of the things you guys are doing over there. But um, one thing you can't really control, right? That transfer portal and just the way that, you know, some of our younger athletes are starting to view um, physical preparation, how they view you know, loyal, what, what, what it means to actually be loyal to a community, to a school, right? Things like that. It seems that, I don't want to say it's been lost upon us, but it's definitely different, right? Um, what are some of your thoughts on that and how you guys have kind of tried to combat that and still, like you said, provide that experience where it's like, hey, I want you to be here and we're still going to provide an element of loyalty, service, commitment, right? Even in a time where um, there seems to be a little bit of a scarcity around that. I think I think one kind of piece with that is, you know, with the transfer portal, with things like that, you don't have, you know, a couple of years ago, you could say, all right, you have four years, you have five years to really develop somebody and work them into it. You know, with football or even basketball, if somebody didn't play their freshman year or their sophomore year, it wasn't a big deal right. um, because you relied heavily on your juniors and seniors and fifth years. And nowadays it's, you know, hey, we got to give this guy about two years. And if he's not going to pan out, we need to go in the portal and go get somebody to start thinking about replacing him. So, right. um, and honestly, that I think basketball is even shorter. It's such a, uh, you know, if you don't have the right guy this year, you're going to go out and try and get another guy next year. So right. to combat that, I, we try to be very transparent with our training, and we want people to understand that everything we're doing is built towards making them a better athlete at their sport. Um, you know, I have a, a master's degree in data science, and I like to think I can crunch the numbers a little bit. But I like to show our athletes, hey, this is the progress you're making in these lifts. These are, um, you know, I have certain standards at the FCS level. Of what is a really good vertical jump? for your position, for your group? What is a really good squat, a bench, you know, sprint time? And then say, hey, here's your improvement. This is where you stand. This is where you rack up. Um, and show our athletes constantly, like, these are the things we're doing to help you get better. Um, these are things that we've seen can help you get to that next level. And this is how our training is going to get there. So um, it is so true these days. Like, these kids know a lot. And honestly, it's part of that is, like, the social media. is like they know a lot of stuff. And they know a lot of uh, – they've seen a lot of things. And the other part of it is they have a lot of friends that go out and play sports at other schools as well. So they mm. hear what the other schools are doing and things like that. So you need to be very transparent these days about this is what we're doing. This is how it's going to make us better at our sport. And here's the numbers to back that up. Sure. Uh, I'm not a big, uh, don't get me wrong. I, I'm important. And I think culture is important. I think having standards and expectations and things like that are important for sure. Um, but I try to cut out a lot of the fluff. If it's not going to, if I can't explain how it's going to make you a better athlete, and I'm just doing it because, you know, this is how we've always done it or, the, you know, this is, you know, you know mental toughness or something like I, I cut a lot of that stuff out just because um, kids see right through that these days. They know what's performance and they know what's not performance. 
Yeah, for sure. Do you guys as a staff kind of talk about like specific athletes that you may have that may be responding well or not responding well to some of the, the training or just some of the communication, like the, the way that you guys are obviously articulating some of the things that you want to do? Because I'd imagine the bulk of the athletes, you know, you seem like a good guy, right? It seems like you guys have a good culture going on there, right? I imagine bulk of them are like, oh, this is great. Like a lot of the things that Scott said to me in my recruiting visit are coming true here, right? But of course, without fail, right, there's going to be a few that uh, that struggle to kind of find that connection. But do you guys feel like you have the staff to, to reach some of those people? And how do you guys approach doing that? So are, are you talking, you know, from one strength coach to another strength coach here on staff? Yeah, it could be strength coach to strength coach, or it could also be like, obviously I'm thinking in terms of like some of the athletes that you have, right? It's just like, all right, well, like some, some guys, right? It's not, and it's not always, it's sometimes just not the right fit, right? But are there ways that you guys approach like, hey, like we could be better in terms of trying to make this the right fit type of thing, sort of like, for lack of better terms, right? Like customers always right, right? It's like, like, let's try to figure out a way to, not, not that the athlete is a customer, but in some ways, right, they are, right? You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. How, how do you guys approach that? Yeah, so... You know, we, we take, uh, I'm not a big staff meeting guy. It's just one thing that, you know, we're, we're around each other so much. Um, you know, I have my office here, but my door's open. And then, you know, the other two guys are in that office and our basketball guys popping in and out all day. So those things like just, just be a human and talk to each other all day. And, you know, I'll watch from my window here. I'll look out and I'll see some team training and, you know, I'm genuinely curious, you know, what are you working on? What are some things you're trying to improve or, um, you know, whether it's like some sprint technique that, you know, my assistant Mark is working on with soccer and, you know, is that working out? That's something I, you know, maybe I don't believe in some of that front side stuff, whatever it is. Mm. Um, so we're always talking about that and how, you know, some of that stuff can carry over. Um, but the other thing in terms of communication and things like that and trying to get kids to fit, uh, we have a pretty good relationship with a lot of our sport teams here in terms of our coaches um, understand the performance side of things and they care about it. You know, one example being um, we had our baseball staff combined with us this past winter break and we had a seminar and we had our um, position coach talk about things that he sees in terms of movement patterns on the field and how um, they may go over certain drills every day we had our pitching coach come in and kind of break down how he structures his his fall ball and his off-season period and then also some of the drills in terms of you know he's trying to teach him certain postures and how to get out of extension or things like that and then, you know, I talked about how to set up in-season training. My uh, assistant, Mark, who does baseball, he talked about, um, you know, kind of speed work and things like that that he's been implementing this year. So that collaborative approach is there. And I think our, our kids see that and they see, okay, like, hey, these are some of the drills that Coach Mark was doing for our warm-up and we're bringing it over to practice now because, you know, we have a pitcher that maybe is in extension, right? So we showed our pitching coach, here's some ways to get out of extension or kind of just reduce that feeling for a little bit you know, put a couple of these in pre-practice and then see how they respond, see if they end up getting a, a, a better performance that day. So, you know, it's nice that some of our coaches are actually on board and they want to learn more and they want to collaborate. They want to understand more. So I think our athletes definitely feel that and they um, they appreciate it. Yeah, and I think that's 100% one way, if not the best way to try to get athletes to feel a little bit more comfortable with what's going on when they see and that's obviously been a major theme in this podcast since i've done it right i've always preached the idea of collaboration and cohesion i think you know what you just outlined is something that i think a lot of coaches would love to do right it's just like hey can we just have more conversation with our our sport coaches right they see that that collaboration there and by default the athlete's going to feel like hey i'm in good hands right like they, they seem to be they seem to care about what that the experience that they're providing for me right so um that's really cool was that something that took a little bit of time to develop between yourself and the strength and the sport coaches when you first got there 
Yeah, I, w- I would say so. I mean, it's just a trust thing, right? When you when you first get here, they you know they they believe in you, right? Somebody hired you to do the job, but it's part of that. You know, you got to put in the work on a daily basis, and the more they see how much you care, and the more they see that you're genuinely, you know, you're putting your ego aside. And it's it's not about just hey, I want to do, I want to put all my stuff in front. I want to make sure we get our lips in. You know, baseball. I used to have baseball, so I can use that as a reference, but. Um, it's one of those things if, if we had to sacrifice a lift for the sake of practice, it's not my ego being like, man, I, we need to get three lifts in or we're not going to get better. It is what it is. And how do we, how do we work through some of this stuff so that in the future, they don't want to scrap a lift in favor of a practice, right? They want them to understand how important that is. And that comes with time. That comes with trust. And that comes with, with putting your ego aside and, and educating in a way that's, it's not, I'm right and you're wrong. It's, it's how do we all come together? Yeah. Um, another example we have, we don't even have women's lacrosse on campus yet. We're going to add that team. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to add a roster next year, and then the year after that, we'll start playing. But we've already started having those conversations between the coach and I of like, okay, here's how we're going to lay out practice. Um, you know, these days we want to do a little bit more running based. These days we want to do a little bit more technique based. You know, if we lift after practice, what does that look like? So she's already having those conversations. We don't even have a team on campus yet. So it's pretty cool when you get the right people in the building that, that want to do that, want to make that happen. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's uh, that's pretty unique, actually. No, no team on campus just yet either. It's a, that's that's wild. But I would imagine Rhode Island's got to be a pretty decent spot to pull for women's lacrosse or any I've lacrosse. Gotta, right? I've got to think it will be right. You, you can the big selling point, right? Is you can come to the beach and you know it, <laughs> it's right in the middle of everything. You know, Rhode Island's not a hotbed of lacrosse, but you know, Massachusetts very successful. Connecticut very successful. Rhode, or Long Island. Yeah. Right, you take the ferry over, right? You can take the ferry and go to yeah. Block Island and then come back. So Yeah. Um, I mean, you could pull straight out of Southern Connecticut and you'd yeah. probably be okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's going to open I, up some windows for sure. Yeah. I think it's it's going to be, it's not going to take very long to be successful. I think we have a really good opportunity here. Yeah, for sure. And as far as, you know, obviously it seems like now, like, well, I'll allow you to answer this question as opposed to me just, <laughs> just going off of what I think. Um Things that motivated you when you first started versus things that motivate you now, right? Like, obviously, when I first started, I think the things that I was motivated by in terms of becoming a coach, a lot different than the things and the overall desires and goals. Things change, right? Maybe they have or maybe they haven't for you. But do you want to kind of discuss, like, younger Scott Leach versus older Scott Leach now and and, uh, some of the things that have changed in terms of just, like, goals, desires, um, motivations, things like that? A little sad that I'm officially in the older category. But that's okay. <laughs> well, I, I give I give this question to even some of the younger dudes. I, I was like, I had a dude on who was like 24, and I'm like, I don't even think I can ask you that question. You don't have enough skin in the game. If <laughs> like, yeah. but they do. You know what I mean? It's funny. Like, if you're in the if you're an assistant yeah. strength coach, like you've been through some things. You know what I mean? So yeah. Regardless, well, how, how old are you now? 30, just turned 30. So. Oh, so yeah, you're super young. I'm not dude. Yeah. My prime yet. I'm just getting started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're just moving into it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, but but still, I think at 30, like that was, yeah. I definitely had some differences in where I was when I was 20. So, yeah, maybe maybe would, the 10 year span. Yeah, I would say, I, I think early on, probably the first half of my career so far was, was a lot of proving myself right of, mm-hmm. okay, hey, this, you know, is this program going to get results? You know, if I put, you know, these sets and reps together, am I succeeding? If, you know, we lay out structure like this, can it turn into more? And it was more for me to make sure that I'm succeeding and what I'm doing is on the right track. Mm. Um, and obviously I cared about the student athletes. I wanted them to succeed and things like that. But I wanted to succeed for myself and I wanted to validate the grind of, OK, I'm I'm doing a lot of hours for not a lot of pay. Like, is this is this <laughs> really what I want to do? Um, and I think at some point I, I, I kind of 
uh, I forget, it's a Joshua Metcalf, right? And it's mm. uh, Burn Your Goals. Oh, right? yeah. So, and you just let all that stuff go and, and decide, you know what, I'm going to just put in some great work every day. I'm going to, um, you know, love the people around me a little bit more. I'm going to coach a little bit harder. Um, I'm going to provide a better service and whatever happens, happens. And, uh, you know, I, I think for a long time I was banging on the door and the door didn't open. And then when I stopped worrying about whether or not the door was going to open for me, I think things turned around really quickly, you know. Uh, 2020 wasn't the best year for most people, but you know, for me, it was a new job, um, pay raise, chance to come back home and and be you know 20 minutes away, not even from my family. Um, proposed to my fiance, now my wife. We bought a new house, we got another dog, and then a year after that, I was promoted, and things have been rolling ever since. And nice. it's one of those things. Early on, it was, you know, am I on the right track? Now it's it's continuing to be like, okay, can I create something that's going to last? longer than me and also it's going to help as many people as possible not just the student athletes but provide a really great opportunity for our assistants and give them a great quality of life really um, continue to work this and if i ever leave here someday whoever fills in my shoes is going to have a really nice setup when they get here that they can build off of um, you know and it, it's early on it was like hey i need to do this this and this and succeed and now it's taking a step back and playing the long game a little bit more yeah, see, there's some wisdom in there. I yeah. knew there, I knew it was somewhere in there. Right? As soon as you hit 30, you're full of wisdom, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the book is, yeah, Burn Your Goals, The Countercultural Approach. Yep. Is that right? Jamie Jamie Gilbert and Joshua Metcalf? Yeah, yeah something like that, Joshua Metcalf. So. Okay, cool. Some of his books are hit or miss. I like, I like Burn Your Goals. It's a big book, and you can go in and kind of, you know, they're very one-page chapter type things. So you can go in there and pull nice. out of good ideas. That's my kind of book right there. So straight to the point, get it done. Um, that's pretty cool. So then obviously I think the, the next question obviously kind of leads right into it. It's like, what's next, I guess you could say, right? Like not necessarily like what's next in terms of like short term, but like, where, where is this, where is this thing going? Right. Because there's a lot of strength coaches. I think um, they have something in mind. Right. And then it changes pretty quickly. Right. So like, where, where is, where is, you know, at least right now, what have you outlined for yourself and your family? Yeah. So you know, I'm from Rhode Island. It's going to take me a, it's going to take a lot for me to get out of the state of Rhode Island. Um, you know, that's the thing is, is I'm so close to my family. My, my wife is from Massachusetts. So, you know, we're right over the border there and, um, it would take a really good, and I, I like, and I take a lot of pride in what we've done here and what we've built up, you know, in the past year and a half, we took a part-time person and we bumped them to full-time. We added another part-time person. So we increased the staff size. Um, within the next year or two, with the addition of women's across, we're going to add another full-time assistant. So our staff is growing. Um, you know, we've gotten a couple of technology upgrades in this weight room, and I, and I like to think if I keep kind of applying some pressures, we're going to make some changes here in the future. So um, things are moving in the right direction. I really love our, our school president and our athletic director. They, you know, they really support it. Um, they honestly come in and lift three days a week as well. So they're in. Nice. I'm telling you, I used to be the guy that was like the first one in, and I'm like, nah, I ain't coming in that early anymore. So they're in. They unlock the door at, you know, 530 or whatever. And when yeah. I roll in at 7, they're sweaty finishing up their workout. So to have their support is something that, you know, you don't see that everywhere. Of You know, your actual school president is in working out three days a week in your weight room. So Can't um, beat there's it. a yeah. lot of really good things going on here. And, and, you know, our sports are going in the right direction. Um, specifically football is going in the right direction and uh you know it's, it's a fun thing to be a part of and, and that building process and creating something is, is something that's meaningful to me um that being said I'm, I'm you know i know i can't do this forever i love being on the floor i love coaching um but at the same time i, I know that at some point you know 
I'm not going to want to do it anymore. <laughs> so it's how can I continue to influence and make an impact and do those things. And, and um, you know, I want to be a, a, a person in the room. I want to have a seat at the table in terms of how do we provide the best um, service for our student athletes. So that's the long-term goal is kind of work into some sort of assistant or an associate AD role and, and continue to provide uh, a great service for our student athletes. Yeah, for sure. So if, I could, if I could still coach a team or two, that'd be great. If it's too much to handle that, I would love to you know, work my way up, promote somebody up into the head coach position. So, you know, those things are all fun. Like those are things you don't think about when you're 22, 23 in terms of, of hiring and promoting and, and interviews and things like that. But oh, now those things have entered interest me a little bit more. Yeah, maybe moving into like some sort of administrative role. I mean, I always thought the role of um, what's the title of like uh, I forget what it is. It's not assistant AD. It's not. It's a, it's the guy who works like or the, like the, the person who's like assigned to a specific team, and then they're supposed to provide administrator. Like a, like a uh, is it just sport administrator? Right. Like, like I think. I mean, we call them sport administrators here. So I think that's what we call them at UConn of, too. Uh, you know, the head coach reports to you, and if they're having issues with stuff or travel issues or whatever it may be, they come to you first. And then yeah. you're the person that, that the athletic director is like, all right, don't bother me with this. Go to that guy first. Yeah, and I think that that position is really interesting because it could probably be approached totally different. Not to not to call out all these sport administrators who are out there and, like, you know, tell them that, they, you know, they, they're not valuable. They are. But I wonder if, you know, the person that's occupying that space could be somebody who actually has – the background of somebody who could be kind of like, you know, super versatile, jack of all trades, right? Like has some experience in like exercise physiology, has some experience working with sport coaches, has some experience understanding, you know, rehabilitation, prehab, all that kind of stuff. And then obviously understanding a little bit of like sports psych, right? And maybe a touch of business, right? And a touch of just understanding. And then like, you know, I think that that, because when I looked at that position initially, I was kind of like, when I was moving away from college sports, I was kind of like, I wonder if I could just become a sport administrator. You know what I mean? Like that would be super interesting to me because it's like, yeah, you're, you're in a position where you can kind of like fight for certain things. You can, you know, have some conversations with people about things that you think might need to be done a little bit differently, but some sort of like governing body over like what goes on. Because let's be honest, like it still yeah. probably feels like there's like no rules. Out here, you no, know I, I, mean? I think I think some of the, the higher up you go, I think you'll see that more and more is that somebody is above, you know, strength conditioning, athletic training, sports psych, sports nutrition. All those are umbrellas underneath one person who sure. is the advocate for that, fights for that. You know, if sport coaches are you know practicing too much or not adhering to certain ideas, you know, you can go to that person and say, hey, you know, I need you to fight for me to, you know this coach doesn't think we should be training at all. And that's not something that is safe or a good idea Like that, for that person. So at this level, there's, you know, it, it's going to get there eventually, but it's one of those things where a smaller school, so we're not there yet, but I would sure. love to eventually, you know, kind of be that person that oversees all those avenues. And you know, I'm not going to tell athletic training what to do, but if they need somebody to advocate for them or they need somebody to help coordinate things, you know, at, at some point I would do that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I still love being on the floor. I love getting after it every day, and and I still get excited putting a program together and putting the X's and O's. And and you know, when you dial it up just right, there's something about that. Like we had a, a workout the other day, and you know, we worked up to, uh, you know, it's simple, but like four by eight and seventy five percent. And just like when those percentages hit right, and uh, you know, you see the kids just right on the border of, of success and failure, and they all succeed. It's like, you know what? Like it's kind of cool that you can still put those sets of that together, and it works out the way you want. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's awesome. That's a, that 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 might have to be. Usually, I do like a usually I do a little clip of like you know 
kind of like a microcosm of the podcast or whatever when we release it. That might have to be it right there. Cause that was, that was perfect. The way you said that just kind of like the way that you actually delivered it. It's, it's absolutely true. I mean, there, yeah, there's something, there's something super, you know, authentic about that. Right. Just like the bare bones, like the, the X's and O's, right? It's like, yeah, yeah like, you know, just, just programming in general, I always thought was way more interesting than like actually executing the program, which sounds insane. But it's like, sometimes I was like, you devise this program and you'd be like, oh, this is going to be incredible. And then obviously what happens? Well, I is, feel like that's how a lot of us started out, right? Is you're in yeah. school and, and before you went and did an internship, you were reading about Jim Wendler's 531. And you're like, how did he decide that these sets of reps were right? And like, you go down and it's like one of the first things you learn. And then you you're writing your own program for yourself. And you're like, oh, what sets and reps do I pick? And you start playing around with it. And it's like, yeah, you can yeah. still get better at that. And that's kind of cool when you when you put your own sets and reps together and it it just works right. Like, I still get enjoyment out of that. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's good though. That's good. I mean, because I think there's a lot of cases where people don't get enjoyment out of the same reasons, you know, from the same things that they got into the the, the industry initially, right? Like I think and, that that's. And I'm a firm believer. Like you should continue to every year. You should try and you know one up yourself in terms of your programming and, and what you put together. And you don't need to change everything that you do. But you know, my program now this year is the best program I've ever written, and that's just because I've went out and I've learned more and I've made it a point to try and improve this program and and find a way to make it better. And yeah, um, you know, some people have what do they say? You know, you have one year's worth of experience 20 times or you can have 20 years right. worth of experience so i'm trying to you know every year give our student athletes the best product they can and every year you just gotta you know the challenge is to one up yourself as well yeah fantastic that that actually leads perfectly nice little segue into talking about some of the resources right and some of the avenues you go down in order to try to influence and and like you said just improve a prom upon your coaching skills programming skills all the communication skills whatever it may be um what are some of the resources that you go with yeah, so, I mean, this past winter break, I, I spent a lot of time. I was able to meet, um, I don't know if you know Tony Haller. Yeah, that's awesome. So I met, yeah. Was I met it Feed the, the first time. Feed, feed the Cats, yeah. Feed the Cats, that's what it so is. So yeah. he, he came out to, to Massachusetts and did a small little clinic at a, at a high school. I was like, I think most people didn't even see the flyer. I was lucky enough to see the flyer and, and meet him. And Tony's a great guy. So um, trying to make his philosophy and make a lot of his ideas fit in, in what we do and, and what we're trying to do here has been a, a big challenge. Um, person I look up to a lot is, is Joey Grasso down at Florida Atlantic. You know, he's got some great stuff and I, I rewatch all his presentations once in a while. And, you know, I've had some friends work for him and, uh, you know, they say nothing but great things and he puts out great content all the time. So yeah. I'm always stealing ideas from him. Um, Andy Ryan yeah. is another person I talk to a lot in terms of you know, contact prep and some of the stuff that he's doing with USA football. So those are kind of the big three there. Um, and then I'm always trying to find like one resource I can use to, you know, avoid the, just using the cliche speeches, um, specifically with football, right? You always got to give some sort of motivational rah-rah. So, of course. Um, what it, was it? Ryan Holiday. So the latest book I got is uh, Discipline is Destiny. The first, mm. I think it's like a four-part series. First one is Courage is Calling. The latest one is Discipline is Destiny. So that's another great one that, like, you know, the chapters are only two to three pages long, but each chapter is like a lesson about discipline that you can apply and, you know, I'll steal some of that stuff and, and work it into some sort of raw, raw speech and things like that. So nice. that's one thing I, I, you know, I'm not the best at is more often than not, I'm like, hey, let's just do the work every day and let's get better. Let's <laughs> hey, yeah. But, you know, that message wears thin real quick. So you need to you know, yeah. pump it up with some raw, raw and some stories and things like that. So yeah. one avenue that I'm trying to get better at as well. 
yeah, unfortunately, the, uh, well, yeah, just, you know, shut up and train, you know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily hit as, as hard. It's not as sexy for people anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, I always wanted to get that. Like, I remember we were, when I was working in the private sector, my friends were like, hey, I put it, put a, put something on the whiteboard. He actually didn't even tell me to, but I think there was already something on the whiteboard that was like somewhat motivational. And I remember erasing it like immediately and I just put shut up and train on it or whatever. I think it, it stayed the longest, I think out of all the, all the quotes that was on it. Cause it's just like, it, you know, I, people gravitate towards that stuff a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like, I, like every day is not going to be sexy. Most of them are not, you know, adventurous and like super fantastical, right? Like the first couple of days of a training session feel great. And then it's like day 35 and you're like, what's going on here <laughs> like what you am never, I doing? you never know what's going to stick with a kid either too you know yeah. you never know if you know something you said today or something you said two weeks ago or something you said 10 years ago is <laughs> something that you know matters to them and they're like hey i remember that speech you gave about you know lou garrick showing up and playing baseball every day whatever it is you know sure uh, so i'm always trying to, to sprinkle some of those things in yeah, for sure. And all the guys you mentioned, I've heard some really great things about too. So it's really cool that you're taking. And so it's always funny to hear like some of the, you know, some of the resources people go with and some of the people because like sometimes I've never heard of any of them. Right. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I've heard, you know, like it was a jo uh, Joey Garashi down at F is it FAU, yeah. right? He's at FAU. Yeah, and then, Florida Atlantic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And Ryland, I think I've even tried to talk to you about coming on the podcast because he was originally like, you know, when I got into like robust running and like Franz Bosch's stuff and, you know, kind of going down the, the route of like John Pryor, I think I definitely, would take a look at a lot of Andy Ryland stuff as far as like contact prep for, like you said, like O-linemen, D-linemen, um, trying to create like some positional oxidative stuff for some of those guys when it came to, um, you know, especially like, you know, camp prep stuff, you know what I mean? So that's a, that's pretty cool. You've you been having fun with a lot of that stuff? Yeah, no, that it's been a, it's been a fun, it brings the physical back to football in the off season. And I think that's one thing <laughs> yeah. early on in my career, I didn't do it. You know, I did all the just conditioning and tempo runs and things like that. And it's like, you need a little bit of nasty. And that's one thing I can, I can say, I can guarantee you like that box, the physicality box has been checked yeah. um, even before spring ball. And I always say like the first time you collide with somebody, the first time you, you bump into somebody, like I'm okay with some rough outs. Like we purposely yeah. put it into our program because you can't be afraid of that stuff. You know, sure. I mean, it creates some robustness. And uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I do firmly believe, you know, we are a physical football team. And part of that is, is the stuff we do in the off season. Like we don't wait till August. We don't wait till, you know, mid-March to, to get that stuff going. That's part of what we do year round. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. That's, that's, that's really cool. And it does, it does, it is fun. You know, I think the kids like it. I think it registers well with the coaches. And I think obviously at the end of the day, like you said, it's like, we don't want, you know, camp day one to be the first time that you're feeling some sort of physical load. Obviously that robustness seems to be established pretty early on in the off season. The kid, I'm if sure the kids, if like, your kids don't like, if your kids don't like it, you have the wrong kids. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, figure out that's a recruiting test right there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That should just be like in the actual, like, you know, recruiting visit or whatever. It's like, I, yeah, we've gone through, you know, here's a tour. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Let's, uh, let's see, you, you know, you know, you know anything about contact prep? Yeah, you're going to find out today. All right. We're going to do some contact prep, see what's up. That, that's awesome, man. Well, um, obviously kind of getting towards the end here, just kind of want to give you an opportunity to really talk about, um, any like final thoughts you have for specifically some of our younger strength coaches and maybe even some of the ones who um, are struggling right now to try to figure it out, like just for them. Cause like you said, you touched on earlier, like, how am I going to make this work? Right. So um, yeah. Any final thoughts that you might have on, you know, the podcast itself that you want to really use this platform to, to push out there and uh, yeah, floor is yours. Yeah. So I don't know when I, when I think about that, like, you know, I, at Merrimack College, we had a very structured um, 
kind of how we do things as a staff. Part of that was the fact that we had a, a very robust GA program. Um, we had six, five to six grad fellows every year. It was a one-year master's program. So we needed a lot of structure. We needed a lot of discipline to, um, to really help them, you know, handle class, handle coaching teams for the first time and graduate and, and move on and get a coaching job. But, you know, once you get past that, once you land in your, your first-time role, um, you know, you're on your own. And I think that's one thing that for some young coaches, it's very tough is, okay, I'm done for the day. What do I do now? Um, you know, I, I purposely make it a point with our assistants, like, I'm going to give you probably the best schedule you can ever ask for. You know, our, our new guy, Noah, um, like I said, he was the head guy at D2. He's working six to six. You know, now he, you know, he has first team at 6 a.m. And then we're done with football by 11. And then it's like, okay, you train. If you meet with coaches, great. But, like, you could be out of here by 1 o'clock. You could be out of here. If you told me you had to leave right at 11, right after four, then I'd be like, great. Like, do what you got to do and leave. Um, but what are you going to do with the rest of your day? You know, and, and sometimes for young coaches, it's like, great, I'm out of here. I'm done. I don't have to coach anymore. But it's on you to figure out how you want to improve. How do you want to develop? And how do you want to um, continue to push yourself? Part of it on me as, you know, supervisor is to put you in situations that will help you grow help you develop give you responsibilities um that will challenge you and that's something i know i need to get better at is continuing to be like hey you want to you know step up into another role why don't you add this responsibility why don't you take this project on um, but as a young coach you almost need to ask for those things yourself as well and say okay hey i want to be you know a director someday i want to be a head strength coach someday um, I've never seen budgeting before. I've never seen what that looks like. Can, next time you work on a budget, can you drag me into a meeting? Can you pull me in and show me the Excel sheets? Mm. Um, or if you say, hey, you know, I want to get better at XYZ programming wise, it's on you to read that stuff on your own. Right. You know, I can always give you recommendations. I can give you advice, but um, it's on you to take that initiative. And then even networking and connecting, once you get in the field, you're like, ah, I've made it. I'm coaching. I'm doing my thing. But like, you still need to kind of talk to people, you know, the nice thing about, for me being from Springfield College, is I have so many friends in the field. You know, I have Joe Gilfeather's my roommate. He's the head guy, or he was my roommate in college. He's the head guy at Fordham. Oh, yeah. He was Dan on the podcast, Vega. yeah. He was on the podcast. Yeah, my guy yeah. Joe. Dan Vega is in uh, Major League Baseball. Our other roommate, Mike Morgan, is a head strength coach um, down south. So, like, those are guys I'll talk to. In oh, was Morgan at a – was he at the Citadel? He was at the Citadel, yes. Oh, I was. interviewed for like an internship there once or whatever when he was in charge of handling the internship stuff. Yeah. Nice. Where is he now? He is uh he is at a high school in Georgia. I don't know oh, okay. the name off my head. But he's out south. Oh, okay. Like so he's yeah. he's doing the high school thing, right? Yeah. I have I have other friends that are in the prep school level. Um, you know, and I have people that I've coached that have turned into strength coaches themselves. You know, I'm thinking of a guy, Chula Loomis, just took an assistant job at Navy. Um, oh, did he I really? On, he went to yeah, Navy? I talked to, I talked to him on the phone the other day. So yeah, he was on the uh, podcast there, like a few weeks ago. There we go. See, <laughs> right? I'm, I, you know what I did? I looked at the podcast the other day and I'm like, all right, who else is on a podcast? Let me think about this. Hey, so hey, Chula, yeah. Chula reached out and called me and he wanted to connect and chat. And, things, and that's what, what good young coaches do is like, Hey, I saw, on Instagram, you've been doing X, Y, and Z. Like, tell me about that. Like, what's going on there? Or, yeah. you know, hey, I'm trying to get better at, at X, Y, and Z. You know, do you have any recommendations for me? So That's sick. You know, when you're out there, it's on you to – to. no one's going to take care of you, 
right? It's right. no one's ever just going to hand you that next job, hand you that next opportunity. You got to right. work for it, work for it, and then you know eventually that door is going to open up if you do a good thing. Sure, yeah, that's a great way to end this podcast. That's awesome. I got to reach out to no. Chua, um, but that that that's awesome, man. Well, that I don't know what you're talking about, man. Oh, I don't know who uh, I don't know who recommended me, and I should I should have got you out a long time ago. So, um, and we'll definitely have to do a part two too. That's that's the idea, right? This I want to get people like back on. You know what I mean? So, um, really appreciate you hopping on, Scott. This is awesome, man. Appreciate it. Um, go look up Brian Leach. Uh, go watch Brian Leach highlights, just so you know. <laughs> And then uh, we'll go from there. But uh, yeah, stick around for a little bit. Uh, We'll chop it up at the end here. But uh, listeners, thanks again for another episode. Thanks for tuning in as always. And we'll catch you guys next time.